Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Well, you know, we don't like all the screaming and yelling that has characterized so much of our political discourse over the last number of years. Uh, contempt is the big cancer in the country. And it's caused some people to retreat and disengage. It's divided some communities, even some families. But what if there really is a better way to disagree? What if there is a better way where you don't have to give up on your values or check your values at the door, but that you can have a, a meaningful, powerful conversation? Uh, we had the opportunity here at Inside Sources to sit down with Monica Guzman earlier today. Uh, she and her family immigrated from Mexico and just an interesting dynamic. Uh, Monica is a liberal Democrat while her parents are conservative Republicans. During the elections of 2000, 2016, uh, her parents voted for George W. Bush and Donald Trump. And she got into a lot of disagreements with her parents. But eventually she realized that yelling was actually not a good idea. We certainly did try it for many years. And I can say that it didn't do a lot of good. Um, eventually, my mother actually told me not that long ago, you know what makes it work? When we talk about politics, she said, it's that we validate each other's good points. And this is a part of listening um, that I think a lot about, which is with listening, you have to show people they matter and you have to show how the intersection of your perspectives is perhaps bearing fruit, is perhaps sparking something in your mind. So even if it's a small point that someone who disagrees with you is making, if you can acknowledge it and say, you know what, I see that. That makes sense to me. You can begin to build almost little base camps as you climb up a mountain together trying to understand each other. Sticking at that common ground, to me, is one of the most important things we do in these kinds of conversations. Uh, Monica really loves this whole concept of radical curiosity. And you've heard me on this program talk about one of my greatest fears for our constitutional republic is that we are killing curiosity and we're killing it because we're isolating ourselves. We're getting so deep into our own social media bubbles, our self-validating thought bubbles, uh, that we can't even entertain the idea of, I wonder why she thinks that way, or I wonder why he believes that policy is the most helpful. And so we have to get to this place of radical curiosity. Now, Monica believes that to get there, it's okay. It's not that hard. You don't have to leave your emotions or your values at the door to properly engage. There's this misconception out there that when you 
when you when you go across the divide, you know, what you're really doing is you're just being really nice and you're just letting people talk at you. And that's really all there is to it. And that's not true at all. <laughs> things like anger and frustration, these things can be useful in a conversation. They allow us to see where someone is really passionate about something, where you ought to dig in to learn more, what really lights someone up. There's an author, Valerie Cower, who I love, and she says anger is a force that protects that which is loved. Mm, I love that. Uh, Because often we feel that energy or that animation, uh, maybe even some anger, that passion, and we move into a defensive crouch. And so we start to defend and we start to block and we stop listening instead of saying, I wonder why he's so passionate about that. I wonder why she believes that so deeply. It's a great place to insert a question, uh, to get better understanding, to dig just a little bit deeper. Uh, Monica also pointed out that, again, we don't have to get rid of our convictions when we're talking to somebody who is different, looks different, feels different, lives different. We should just be curious. You hold your convictions. Don't let them go. What you want to do in a conversation across difference, though, is just hold them a little bit loosely so that you allow different ideas and different perspectives to actually land with you. And if they can land with you just so far as you can say, oh, that makes sense. I understand why someone would get to that other point of view. That could be extremely transformative. It's been transformative to me. So if you listen to that closely, uh, that this may be the most important thing you listen to today. Because it's going to help you at home. It's going to help you in your community. It's going to help you in the workplace. Just listen a little bit different. And when someone's being passionate about something, listen harder. Listen better. Listen deeper. Because you'll learn something. And then you can actually build trust by validating, oh, I see. Oh, that totally makes sense to me now. I understand why you think that. Oh, I get it. You had this experience that clearly helped shape where your position is on this particular policy issue. But instead, what we normally do is we get defensive. We hunker down. We either terminate the conversation or we deflect or we just start attacking back. Now, as it relates to Monica, she had this back and forth again, uh, Immigrated from Mexico, her parents voted for President Trump, hardcore conservative Republican. She's a liberal Democrat. Uh, and they were having this back and forth uh, that was not being helpful for a long time. But then she stayed curious enough. And she said that the back and forth with her family eventually led her to start getting involved with a, a great group, uh, Braver Angels. Now, Braver Angels is an organization that gets people on purpose from different backgrounds to start talking. Uh, Listen to how Monica described it to us. We're just so divided. We're blinded. Uh, We're blinded to who each other really is. We're blinded to our relationships and what they can be. And we're blinded, frankly, to the reality of people's perspectives. So it's we have to we have to fix it. Uh, So Braver Angels has 70 plus local chapters around the country tens of thousands of members, really dedicated volunteers in communities all over the place, working to have workshops, have discussions, you know, whatever it's going to take to get us past the misperceptions and the caricatures that surround us about each other. 
so we can actually get curious about each other with each other and see who's really there. So Braver Angels, again, is an organization that brings people together from different political backgrounds, and they come together not to have arguments, but to have civil conversations. Imagine that. What a a radical concept. Uh, And yet it's almost foreign in the world that we live in. Monica has a new book out. It's called I Never Thought of It That Way, How to Have Fearlessly curious conversations in dangerously divided times. Uh, it is a, a book worth checking out for sure. Uh, because when you can honestly say that, when you can listen so deeply that you can say, wow, I never thought of it that way. Or wow, that is perspective I had never considered. And when you can get to that space, when you can be that kind of curious, fearlessly curious Uh, You can have conversations even in what we see as a a very divided time with a lot of hot button issues floating around. But if you're not willing to get curious, if you're just way too comfortable in your comfort zone of your own social media feed or your own group of uh, folks who just validate what you already think and believe. If you're just going to hang out and never have anybody question uh, what you're committed to. Uh, that's that's why we have division. Uh, we're divided because we don't know each other. We don't know each other because we don't listen to each other. We don't interact with each other. And so what do we do instead? We scream across the divide. So to me, one of the real magic components of being fearlessly curious is that it is the best way to remove a wedge. Uh, If you're having a conversation with someone and you feel like there's a wedge between you that you're just not going to be able to get across, you can't build a bridge with a wedge, just for the record. But when you get curious, you can remove the wedge. And then you can start building that foundation, as small as it might be, to start having a different kind of conversation. And those are the things we have to get to. If we can't get to that curious space, we're not going anywhere on any issue that really matters to our future as a community, as a family, or as a country. We're going to stay with the question, a curious question that I think is a crucial question uh, with Monica Guzman. We sat down with her earlier today here on Inside Sources. She's a journalist and a director at Braver Angels. If you're not familiar with Braver Angels, they're an organization that brings people from different political backgrounds, different experiences, brings them together to do what? Have civil conversations, radical stuff. Uh, Monica has a new book out. It's called I Never Thought of It That Way, How to Have Fearlessly Curious Conversations in Dangerously Divided Times. Uh, It is a very timely read uh, with some important principles in there that we can all apply. And we can apply those principles in so many different places and spaces from our homes and personal relationships to our businesses, to community and to countries and internationally uh, as well. These things all come together. Uh, So let's go back to my conversation that we had uh, with the team here on Inside Sources with Monica Guzman. She talked about why she wrote the book. I'd never thought of it that way. Uh, and gives us some really interesting insight in terms of how you get to these fearlessly curious conversations. A large part of what led me to write the book was me and my parents, you know, having been through our journey 
of uh, of really sort of being on opposite sides politically, but having reached this point where we really could begin to understand each other, not so that we could agree with each other, but so that we could really see each other. And then I would go out. I live in Seattle. It's a very liberal place. I would go out and see my friends. And, you know, right after the 2016 election, a lot of them would begin to say things about folks who had voted for Trump that I knew were completely untrue and were very dehumanizing. And and I thought, gee, like what? What's it going to take uh, for us to not be quite so blind, um, to not create monsters out of people? What is it going to take? And that was the question that drove me to write the book and that led me to discover curiosity as this superpower that we don't usually use. We treat it as a little muse that flits by, something you learn about in kindergarten, you know. But actually, curiosity is the way through. If we keep our attention trained on the gap between what we know and what we do not know. And we notice all these assumptions that we're covering up with manufactured certainty, then we can really make a difference here. Manufactured certainty, uh, instant certainty is what I usually refer to it as, uh, that prevents us from having so many of those important conversations. And I, and I love the way Monica described this from her interaction with her parents. Again, they're on opposite sides of the political aisle. But then when Monica would go out with her friends and and hear her friends demonize her parents (laughs) and those who believe differently, things that she knew just flat out weren't true. And when we demonize, when we weaponize the words of the other side of any issue, that's when we get into trouble. So Monica dug a little deeper uh, as the conversation continued. Continued here with our inside sources team about this whole idea of radical curiosity, what it is and why it matters so much today. Curiosity is this wonderful thing because it's a craving for learning. It's a craving for knowledge. And when we lean into it, it can be so amazing. With things like politics, though, of course, it's a very fearful and anxious time, which means the curiosity gets harder. Uh, we're, we're actually more tempted to be certain, to go ahead and find cognitive closure, to gra- grasp like any answer because it makes us feel better. But getting curious about each other, that's, that's what's radical. Um, but what's truly radical, actually, is getting curious about each other with each other. So that instead of, ooh, I'm curious about what the other side thinks, let me go online and read a thought piece. Let me go on Twitter and just start like, you know, ranting about everything. Well, if you get curious about people who disagree with you, but with those people, you will see a lot more than what would, you know, come to you if you just kind of glanced at the easy uh, media and the easy answers that that we uh, that we give each other all the time. So that that's what's truly radical, because it does take courage for, for a lot of folks who are, you know, more more partisan. It takes a lot of courage. But once you really do it and sit with people and ask them questions about where they're coming from, first of all, it's easier than you think. Second of all, it turns the volume down and the fear down when you look around at your world and things become more creative and more possible. It's so important that we we get past this instant certainty thing, especially in very uncertain times. It, it is a natural way to try to create closure or to create a safe space for yourself is to just say that you're certain. But we have to remember that instant certainty is the enemy of truth, and it's also the enemy of trust. Uh, You can't get there. Uh, You can't get to trust. You can't get to the truth unless you're willing uh, to suspend that instant certainty, uh, to have some restraint, and, and then to have the, what I think is the real courage in all of this, which is courageous vulnerability. And courageous vulnerability is 
part of that is saying, I don't know, or I am not sure, or even better, tell me more about that. Why is that important to you? What is your experience that leads you to think that's the right solution to the problem? But you have to have some courageous vulnerability in order to do that, including admitting that you may not have the answer or that you may not be 130% certain that you've got this. So one of the ways that Monica talked about in terms of better engaging with others is to start with a really simple but very difficult to do if your ego is in the way, and that is challenge your own assumptions about others. One of the things is to notice your assumptions. Every time we encounter people, especially people we're less familiar with, we're going to have a lot of assumptions about who they are and what they think. So the first thing to do is to turn those assumptions into questions. And instead of telling yourself, oh, yeah, you know, they're like this, and so they definitely believe that, just tell yourself, actually, I don't know that. I should find a way to ask. Monica also talked about having a genuine interest. This interest is so important, especially as it relates to others' concerns. So often when we start talking about, you know, things we disagree with, with the people we disagree with, we jump to our opinions and it becomes sort of a free for all, you know, shouting match and who wins, et cetera. But instead of asking whose view wins, you can ask what makes each view understandable. And one way to do that is to say, you know, what concerns you about abortion? What concerns you about gun regulation? What concerns you about these issues that are dividing the country? And when you ask that, you begin to collect those concerns somewhat without judgment. Um, And when you do that, you get to something really amazing because concerns reveal our values. And when you begin to talk about values, you start to see a lot of common ground. Talking about concerns helps you understand values and values getting to that point is the beginning of better understanding and getting to a better place. Uh, Finally, Monica uh, Guzman laid out an important question to ask in all of this? A very powerful question that we can ask each other is really just, where are you coming from? So instead of, why do you believe what you believe? Ask, how did you come to believe what you believe? That way, people give you a tour of how they reached their views. They tell you their story, uh, rather than trying to sort of be on trial and justify what they believe to you in a climate of distrust and fear that doesn't really go that far. So this is one you just need to pick up and you just need to dive into. Monica Guzman, again, she's a journalist. She's a director at Braver Angels. Uh, If you don't know about Braver Angels, check that out. They're an organization that brings people together from all kinds of political backgrounds to have civil, elevated conversation. Uh, Her new book, uh, which is worth really diving in and spending some time with, I Never Thought of It That Way. Love that title. The subtitle, How to Fearlessly How to Have Fearlessly Curious Conversations in Dangerously Divided Times. And we could spend all week, every minute of every program uh, getting into this conversation uh, because, as I have been saying, it is my fear that it will be curiosity, the lack of curiosity, the lack of fearless curiosity uh, that will really endanger the United States of America if we so insulate if we everything is a battle, if we demonize anyone who disagrees with us and we stop being curious, uh, then the Constitution and then the Republic are really in jeopardy. All right, we're going to step aside for one last commercial break. When we come back, what is it that Vladimir Putin fears? There's two things 
we're not really talking about that I think he's very afraid of. Find out what that is coming up next. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.